the 19th of September, 2006, episode 47. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Rookie Designer is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. With all the great tools that developers at companies like Adobe give us, it's sometimes hard to keep from using them all. But you have to think of these tools more like a set of golf clubs. When you buy them, they're all shiny and nice and ready to swing, but each club has a certain purpose meant for a certain situation. We've got to treat those tools the same way. Today we're going to cover the topic of knowing when enough is enough in your design. What would you do if that weak laser pointer you currently have had a hundred times more power? Did you know that WickedLasers.com has a full line of portable lasers that are being termed the next generation of laser pointers? Why settle for a dot when you can draw a line in the sky? According to the Guinness Book of World Records, Wicked Lasers are the most powerful portable laser. Purchased by the U.S. military for operations in Iraq, each laser is backed under warranty with a large support community. Visit WickedLasers.com for full details of this technology marvel. Just a couple of things here. You may have noticed already Apple has come out with some new Nanos, the Nano iPods. Probably seen the commercials on TV. They came out with the annoying colors that used to be on the iPod Minis. Yes, the pastels are back. Well, at least they're offering a black one as well still, so we can take solace in that. Also, another big announcement, they're actually now selling movies in iTunes, so you can buy movies for your video iPod. Now, I'm not sure how big these movies are, but it said that you had to have the 80 gigabyte iPod, so I'm assuming they're pretty big. Obviously, it's a full entire motion picture, so it's going to be pretty big in size, but uh if you're a big movie buff, maybe you might want to check that out. Pretty exciting stuff. So if you listened to the last message that I put up, uh, and if you were trying to get on the website, you already knew this, we had some server problems last week. Uh, basically, I got back from Vegas, and pretty much instantly the website went down and was down for a few days in a row. There were little spots here and there where you, you could actually get on. Some people actually were able to download some of the shows, but uh, for the most part, it was down, and it's back up now. They've pretty much fixed everything that they were supposed to fix at this point. Everything's been working perfectly since then, so hopefully we'll have a good run now. And uh, when I first started with this hosting company, I went, I must have gone like about a year without any problems. So I have faith in this company. I know things go wrong sometimes. It's you know obviously just a bad situation when everything kind of crashes in on you at once, so Hopefully that's going to be good to go. So if you did have trouble getting some of the older episodes, please go back and download those. And even more than that, help me out here because this is my sponsorship month and I make more money on the more downloads of the shows. So if you haven't downloaded the last few shows, please go back and uh, download those for me. And well, there's good tips in there too. So it's going to benefit you as well. What else do we have? Uh, I've been talking lately about Podcast Alley and 
how I'm not really that concerned with it anymore. I'm more concerned that the the message gets out about Ricky Designer and that more people subscribe and more people download the show and benefit from what we're doing here. So if you want to vote, you still can. I still have the little form field up on the website at rookiedesigner.com slash rookie. You can put your email in there and vote for me if you want. But if you're of the lazy persuasion and you don't want to do that, just tell a couple of friends about this podcast. Tell them what you get out of it. Uh, tell them that you like it. I'm, I'm assuming that you like it if you're still listening to it. So tell them what's good about it and that they should listen and give it a try. And hopefully we can build this community up even more than it has been. It's been going very well since everybody's been back in school. Uh, the quick tips for designers has actually exploded. It's, it's gone. I've gotten probably about four or 500 more subscribers in just the last month. So let's try and do that with this podcast as well. There is a contest going on. I announced it in the last one. We are having a contest for, it's pretty much the same thing as the first contest, if you're around for that one. It is basically to send me a topic either for this show or for Quick Tips for Designers. If you watch Quick Tips for Designers, I would prefer a topic for that one. I'm looking for tutorials about different tools or different feature sets in the applications, something you don't know how to use or you want to know how to use better. Or if you if there's a certain effect that you want to get, if you see something in a print ad or something on a website and you want to know how to do it, then send that to me and I'll try and deconstruct it and make a tutorial out of it. And the requirements there are make sure that it's short. The show is called Quick Tips, so we want it to be quick. It needs to be under 10 minutes. If it was more around the five minute area, that would be perfect. And uh, if you don't watch Quick Tips for Designers, you can always send me a topic for Rookie Designer. I can always use new topics for that as well. And the, the whole point of this is I'm not just trying to be lazy. I'm trying to tailor these shows to the listeners and the viewers. I want to know what you guys want to learn about, and then I'll go out and do the research or bring my own experience to the table and tell you what I know. And I think that's the best way for everybody to learn and get something out of this podcast that they want to get out of it. So again, the contest, just send me your idea for either podcast, whichever one you want to do, or both if you want to do that. There's definitely, uh, it's not going to get you further up in the in the prize giveaway, but uh, if you want to give me a couple of different ones, then definitely I would appreciate that as well. The prizes that we're playing for, the consolation prize is a pen. It is a Adobe Photoshop CS2 pen with a little scroll feature in it. You can actually pull a little scroll of paper out and it has all the key commands for Adobe Photoshop CS2. Not a bad consolation prize. The two mid-range prizes are some magazine packs. They include layers and the new uh, Illustrator Techniques newsletter. And the grand prize is a book that I picked up at Photoshop World 2006. And it is the official book of Photoshop World 2006. It includes notes and tutorials from pretty much all the classes that were there at the conference. So a very, very good thing. It's a thick book, lots of great info in there. You'll be happy if you're the winner of that. So again, like last time, I'm going to take everybody's entries uh, up until I, I don't know when. We're probably going to go a few more weeks. I want to get enough entries in this, and then I'm going to do a drawing between those people to see who wins. So please put in your entries as soon as possible. I'm already getting some coming in, so that's good. But uh, definitely give me your entries if you're interested in any of those prizes. And I think they're all very good ones to get because they're free. Hey, 
Uh, one last thing, we are going to have a new show at a regular time on Thursday as well. This extra one was actually supposed to be put up last week, but of course I didn't because there was no access to the web server, so I just said, screw it, I'm not even going to record it. And I had a little break for myself, which is good because I've been busy. But uh, we are going to have one released on Thursday as well. So we'll be back on schedule after that. So today's topic actually comes from a contest entry, but it was actually an entry from contest number one, which was quite a while ago. So you can see that these things have lasted me quite a while, and that's awesome. This one is from my buddy Jasper, and he actually uh, owns and operates a screen printing business. And he also has a podcast himself. It's a music podcast. I think I might have mentioned it before. It's called the Plan 9 Rock Show. And you can find that at plan9print.com. And if you want to order anything that needs to be screen printed, he does stickers and t-shirts and stuff like that. You can also find his business at plan9print.com. So give him some business if you need any of that kind of stuff. But the topic that he sent in, a very, very good one. His comment was uh, basically less is more. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. I, I'm going to go over four topics Four things that I see designers doing a lot, and especially this applies to new designers. That's who we always are speaking to in this show. But these are cases where I see them kind of going overboard and, and using too much of something. And it's it's very common when you first start out because I think you, you get inundated with all this information, with all these these tools and these feature sets that are in the applications, and you just you want to use them all because they're all so cool. But you really need to learn. It takes a little bit of time to learn to back off of that and use only what's necessary and, and make your pieces look that much better because they're not cluttered with a bunch of crap. So that's what we're talking about. The first topic I wanted to bring up was filters. And you're going to find these obviously in Photoshop. Uh, After Effects has a bunch of them as well if you do the motion graphics. And if you go into Photoshop and you go to the, the filters menu and open that up, you're going to notice that there is a ton of filters, probably more than you're ever going to use. There probably will be some filters in there that you never use. And that's probably a good thing because there's some pretty bad looking ones in there. But for the most part, you're probably going to be using these, sometimes a few or a couple of them together to achieve certain effects. The main thing here is these things can be very useful when they're used properly. Again, we want to use them in the right situation. We don't want to just throw them up there for the hell of it because we want to do something cool and we think that'll look cool because many times it doesn't. As I said, you're going to be using some of these in combination with others or really as a complementary effect to whatever image you're using it on. So you want it to be something that doesn't stand out a lot. You're going to be using it lightly if possible. Remember, we do have the effect... Uh, what is it? After you use a filter, you can go through and you can fade that effect. And this isn't our key command because I think I've already actually done this one before. But after you use the filter, you can immediately go to the edit menu and about the fourth object down there, the fourth menu item down there is called fade. And the key command for that is command shift F on a Mac and control shift F on a PC. And what that does is it lets you kind of dial down the effects of the filter that you just used. It's a very good thing to do because sometimes the filters don't have the ability to kind of 
fade the effect down, I guess. There's no better way to put it. Another good way to do this is actually to make a copy of the layer that has the image you want to put the effect on. Then you run the filter, and then you can just take the opacity down of that layer. That will also do the same thing as the fade effect. So definitely take advantage of those things because a lot of times if you use the filter, it's just going to muck up what you're doing. You don't want the full effect of the filter. You want to kind of dampen it down so that it doesn't take over your whole artwork. As I said before, don't use filters just to use them. And there's a lot of bad ones in there. And if you're using these, Hopefully you're finding a very creative way to do it. A lot of the artistic ones look pretty gaudy. Things like neon glow and colored pencil. Uh, there's also ones like glowing edges. If you're just throwing this stuff on an image and thinking that looks good, then uh, you really need to reevaluate the way that you're designing because they do not look good. And uh, the other thing is people are going to know what you've done. You can't just throw one filter on an image and think that it made a cool effect that nobody's going to notice what you did because a lot of people out there have Photoshop. And a lot of people that do have Photoshop, they have the same filters, obviously, because it came with it. They can do the same thing. They know what it looks like. They know you took the easy way out by doing that. So again, the main idea here is just to try and be creative with these things. Try and use them lightly or in combination with each other. Have an effect in mind. Don't just start going through your filters menu and try this. No, that doesn't look good. Try that. No, that doesn't look good. That's not the way you want to design. You want to have a certain goal in mind and then try and use those filters to achieve that goal that you've set for yourself. The second topic of interest is layer styles. And this one is even more common than probably the filters. And the reason for that, they're very, very easy to use. And they're also non-destructive. It's kind of like a, a adjustment layer. It's easy to put it on and you can turn it off if you don't like it. Or you can uh, kind of go back and forth if you change your mind. And I'm in no way saying don't use layer styles. Layer styles are very good. I use layer styles all the time. I'm just saying be careful how much you use them. Not everything needs a drop shadow. And this is the big, when, when conferences and seminars come through here, this is the big joke with the instructors. Uh, I don't know if it's just because it's San Diego and it's always sunny here. Everybody's like, okay, let's finish this off with a drop shadow because everything must have a drop shadow. Either they're making fun of San Diego or they're making fun of designers in general because a drop shadow is very common thing that you see on images, on type, on pretty much everything, because it's an easy way to make your your artwork pop off the page. It makes it look, gives it that three-dimensional look to it. But be careful, not everything needs a shadow. And the other one is the bevel and emboss. Making things look 3D also kind of pops it off the page, but it, it's a pretty tired look because you see it everywhere you look in all kinds of advertising. So if you can get away with not using it, it's probably a good idea to kind of stray away from it, or again, make it just a very light effect. Don't make it super 3D and, and don't make a really dark uh, drop shadow. Which brings me to my next point. Don't use the default settings in Photoshop. When you go into these layer styles, and the perfect example is the stroke, the stroke layer style. When you go in there, the default is set to a bright red. And I think it's a it's gotta be like a one or two point stroke. This obviously isn't what you want. Now, this is an extreme example. You, If you put a stroke on something, you obviously wouldn't want red and one or two point stroke because it just looks ugly. 
A less obvious one is the drop shadow. I almost always have to turn the drop shadow opacity down. I think it's set at something like 70%, which is pretty dark. If you're trying to simulate extreme sunlight, then maybe you want a really dark shadow. But in most cases, I usually dial it down because, again, I want this to be a complementary effect. I don't want it to take away from my artwork. I don't want them to be staring at that drop shadow saying, man, that's really dark. It looks kind of funny. I want them to look at my art and then secondarily, just in the back of their mind thinking, that looks pretty cool. It looks like it's a little three-dimensional because it's got that nice little drop shadow on it. Also, don't load up your object with all the styles. Obviously, you're probably not going to turn on every single layer style, but try not to use too many on one object. Usually, you can get away with maybe up to like three or four. Uh, you might want inner, sh inner, inner shadows, outer shadows, inner glows, outer glows, uh, maybe a little bit of bevel, but try just to keep, I usually try and keep it to just about two. Uh, sometimes you will have a need for more, but most of the time you can get away with just using one or two and making it look really good. The main thing here, again, be creative with these things. And one thing you might want to do is try and figure out ways to use them that really weren't intended when they made the, the filters or the, the layer styles. And that's kind of a, a general statement, but it's just kind of like a challenge to yourself to go in there and kind of mess around with the settings and see if you can get some kind of bizarre things coming out of it. Something that you really wouldn't expect to use that particular layer style for. And you can really come up with some good things that way. Again, everybody has the capabilities of these layer styles because everybody has Photoshop. Everybody has the same things that come with it. If you're able to find new exciting ways to use these things, that's when you your artwork starts coming up on top of everybody else's. The Keys to the Game, brought to you by techpodcast.com. Our key command for today is to change the canvas size in Photoshop. I think I already did the change image, image size, but this one is actually for your actual canvas. And this will come in handy at many times as well, so it's a good key command to keep in your pocket. On the Mac, you're going to press Command, Option, and C as in cat. And on the PC, you're going to press Control, Alt, and C as in cat. So we have two more topics to go. The next one is type effects. And there's lots of different styles of type out there that you'll see. They're going to fall into a couple different categories. You have your effect type, and a good example of this is the bubble type that's ever so popular lately. Uh, maybe a couple of years it was even more popular, but the glass-looking bubble type that looks kind of like the glass buttons from Macintosh. And also there's the stylized, which is what we were kind of talking about before, where you have some kind of beveled edge on your type, or you have some extreme drop shadow or something like that. Basically, the idea here is don't lose sight of the basics because these can really make your type look good without having to put some kind of crazy effects or styles on your type. And what we're talking about here is tracking, which is the space in between the letters. Tracking actually refers to when you change the spacing of the letters of a whole word or a whole sentence. Uh, kerning is actually the space in between each of the letters. So if you're actually just changing the space in between two particular letters of a word, that would be kerning. And then also when you have big blocks of copy, don't forget about letting. Never leave letting on auto. 
if you're in Quark Express or InDesign and you just set some type, you throw down some type or you paste something into into one of those programs, you're going to notice that the, the letting is automatically set to auto. You don't ever want this. Make sure that you set your letting to some specific number and really you just got to play around with it to see what looks good on all of these things, the tracking, kerning, and the copy. There's different effects you can get by maybe spreading out the spacing of letters or bringing them together, but really it's it's more of a visual thing. So you want to get in there and you want to be able to do these things and watch them and, and see what happens and see what looks best to you. But this these practices along with choosing a, a decent typeface can really make your type look better than just trying to put some kind of filters on it or make some some kind of special effect on it or putting a drop shadow on it. These things are really going to help you out. And although I can't tell you how to pick out a good typeface, you should really be able to know what's good and what's not good. There's some really not good typefaces out there. I'm not going to go through them all. And actually, I'd recommend that you listen to the Be A Design cast. It's by the Be A Design group guys. And every single episode that they have, they have what they call a taboo typeface. And they tell you typefaces that you probably shouldn't be using, either because one, they're just disgustingly ugly, or two, they're just used so much that you should try and stray away from it because it's everywhere. But if you're able to choose a decent looking typeface, and then you got your kerning, your tracking, and your letting going on, you're going to have some pretty good looking type. Now, you also shouldn't be afraid to draw your own letters. If you're doing something like a logo or maybe just like a big title where there's not too much copy, obviously you're not going to draw out a whole paragraph of copy. But if you have something more like a logo or a title, don't be afraid to actually pick up the pencil or the pen and draw out your own type. A lot of logos are made this way. Obviously, they're sketched out in the first place to, uh, to get the ideas down on paper, but a lot of them actually go through and at the very end, they have somebody actually draw the logo because especially for things that look need to look more like handwritten or they need to look kind of grungy, with it, which is very popular right now, you can't really get those from fonts and it's hard to do it in Illustrator. You can do it, it'll take you time, but you really get that, that human effect by drawing it out yourself. So don't be afraid to do that. I actually have, I've been trying to set up an interview with a, a certain guy and hopefully we can get our schedules together very soon. And he is going to talk to us about uh, logotype and typography as well. So hopefully that will be happening soon, as I said. And uh, we'll get more information on that. The main thing here is don't use effects or layer styles or styles or anything like that. Don't use that as a cop-out. Don't just put your type down and don't do anything to it except for putting these crazy textures on it or stuff like that. That's not going to make it look good. First of all, you have to make your type look good by doing the things that we just talked about. And then on top of that, if you still feel that you need some kind of effect on your type, then go ahead and apply it. Make sure you have that good typeface and make sure you use all the techniques that we just talked about. The final topic I wanted to bring up today is white space. You'll find with a lot of young designers, they usually either have no concept of white space because it's just not something that comes to you, either that or they're afraid of it. The one thing you have to remember here is not every piece, not every part of the page that you're designing has to be designed. And white space can really be your friend. 
First of all, it helps you bring focus to a particular object or image. If there is one thing on the page that you really want the, the reader or the viewer to look at, then put a bunch of white space around it. Put nothing else around it and their eyes are going to be drawn straight to that thing. It directs the reader in a particular motion or particular direction. And that's kind of just what we were talking about. If there is something on the left-hand side of the page and then there's nothing else and then there's something up on the right top corner, they're either going to look at the top and then down at the bottom or the bottom up to the top. You're actually directing this reader in a certain direction of how they're going to read the page, which can be very effective. It helps the reader to focus. I'm sure we've all seen some kind of piece. I actually just stumbled upon something today, which was a menu for a restaurant. And there were just so many things on the page, I didn't know what to look at. It started giving me a headache. There was all different, uh, all different sizes of type, crazy pictures here and there that didn't make sense. And there was just so much stuff I did not know what to look at. And white space helps your reader focus on what you want them to focus on because there's only just a few things for them to look at. They're not inundated with so much stuff that they don't know what to do. And it also gives a classy look to your piece. Things just tend to look a little bit more professional, a little bit classier when obviously there's not a bunch of junk thrown on the page. A good example of these, uh, I've seen a couple of kind of stunning magazine ads that will be a full spread and they only use about an eighth of the space that they have. Yes, this is very expensive, but it's also very effective. If you open a magazine to normal ad pages, you're going to find that they're pretty full. They're going to have a nice block of copy. They're going to have some kind of big picture probably to draw you in. And both sides of the page will look pretty good. But you get to those magazines and you turn the page. Maybe it's a thicker stock of page. You turn it and there's almost nothing at all. Or sometimes there will be kind of an entrance. It'll be like the right-hand side page and there'll be like one word or one line of type. And then you open that up and then there's a whole spread. And there's only one little tiny picture in that whole spread and maybe a tiny block of type. And that obviously really draws you in and makes you want to read it. You're wondering how this company has this much money that they can actually spend that much money to only put that one little thing on there. And uh, it really just catch catches your attention. The main points of this topic, though, just be careful not to overload your reader or your viewer with too much content. They need to know what they're supposed to look at. People are lazy. They don't like to read. So if there's too much stuff on the page, they're just going to pass it up. They're not going to look at, they're not going to read anything. You actually have to draw them in and make it so that they want to read what you've written there. That's the whole point of advertising, really. So make sure you make effective use of white space. It'll really help you out in that respect. Now that's what I call a rookie mistake. The tip for today is to learn from your old work. Now you should be going into your back into your portfolio every once in a while, pulling out some of those old pieces and replacing them with some of your newer stuff, some of your newer, better stuff. And make sure you take a look at those old pieces when you pull them out, because there's definitely a lesson to be learned. Once you start to increase your skills, there's lessons that you can learn by looking back at those old pieces and how you used to design stuff, because you're going to find a lot of this stuff in there. And that's actually, this whole episode could have been based on some of my old uh, pieces that I designed. One of the first things I did when I was in Photoshop, we had to make some kind of collage that kind of brought the essence of us. 
and this thing was just completely horrible. It was a bunch of obviously images put together as a collage, but there were so many filters and effects on that thing, it was just disgusting. And uh, there was no white space really, it was just... And, and this is where you pick up these things, this is where you can go back, now that you've heard this, you can go back into your portfolio and say, yeah, look at that, you know, I used too many filters on that, or my type, I just kind of beveled embossed and put a, a drop shadow on it. I didn't really pay attention to what typeface it was or to the actual kerning or the tracking of the words. So there's really a lesson to be learned here again. And uh, even if you, it's not something that you've heard before, you might actually be able to pick things out of your design and say, whoa, that's something that I, I need to pay attention to and make sure that I don't do anymore because it looks bad. <laughs> and that's all there is to that. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, I talked about it a little bit in, in the last episode in this one, the new Illustrator Techniques newsletter. And I hope newsletter is actually deceiving. I'm expecting this to be like a full-fledged magazine. Probably not a thick magazine since it's only about Illustrator, but hopefully it's pretty good because it's pretty expensive. But there is a website for this. It is illustratortechniques.com. And you can find some more information about the newsletter there. They also have tutorials. There's only a couple right now because this whole thing is pretty brand new. And uh, there's a gallery up there where you can submit your own artwork if you want to. Um, there's a newsletter that you can get. And there's also a forum too. So if you have illustrator questions, that'd probably be a great place to go to get them answered. One more time, I'm going to pump up the whole contest thing that we're having. All I need you to do is send me an email with your name and your physical address so I can send you your glorious prize if you do win it. And what I'm looking for is a topic. If you watch the Quick Tips for Designer tutorial podcast, please send me a topic for that. I want to know what you want to learn about. Is it a certain tool or technique in an application that you want to learn about? Or is it maybe an effect or something that you've seen in a print ad or on a website and you want me to break that down and show you how to do it? Please send me your ideas for that. If you don't watch Quick Tips for Designers and you only listen to this one, send me a topic of discussion for Ricky Designer. And uh, send that to me in that email and we'll... We'll be doing a drawing in probably a couple of weeks once I get some more entries and uh, hopefully get you guys some of these prizes. Tell a friend about Ricky Designer. I'm not requiring that you vote anymore. Not that I ever did. I'm not even asking you to vote anymore. Just tell a friend, somebody who maybe they're not even in design yet, but they're just kind of interested about it. Maybe they're thinking about going to school for design. Mention the show to them. I think it would be a very good thing for them. Or if you have schoolmates that you see all the time or people that you work with that you think might be able to benefit from this podcast, please tell them. Let's build up our community even larger than it is. We're about pushing 300 on our forum, which is great. The more people we get up there, the more people that we have to interact with and get our, our questions answered by and uh, really just share information with. And uh, that just makes us better designers and, and better professionals all around. If you need to co contact me for anything, you can always do that, adam at rookiedesigner.com, which by the way, that's where I want you to send your contest entries to, adam at rookiedesigner.com. You can go to myspace.com slash rookiedesigner and find us up there. we got a bunch of friends up there now too. There's over 100 now, I think. 
You can Skype me at username TitanStrides, and we actually have our one-year anniversary coming up soon. So if you want to call in and leave me a message there, I'd love to do that. If you want to leave a message that I can play on the show, that would be awesome. Anything you want to put in, if you want to give everybody a tip of your own, or if you want to just give a shout-out, then definitely do that. Again, you can Skype me, username TitanStrides, or you can call the call-in line 619-573-4043. And don't forget to add a one and a country code if you're calling outside the United States. Both of those go to the same voicemail. And I rarely pick that up. I Suffice it to say, I never pick that up. So if you, if you don't really want to talk to me, that's okay. I'm not going to pick it up. It's basically for you to leave me a message. And then if you want me to contact you after that, I will do so. But, uh, those are the ways to contact me personally. If you want to con- contact me and everyone else, then go up to the forums, rookiedesigner.com slash forums. And if you're not subscribed or registered on there already, please do so. Like I said, we have almost 300 people up there now. Lots of great stuff. Lots of great information being shared. Be a part of it. It's a good thing. We are going to have a show on Thursday like we normally do. Again, this is a two-show week. Good for you, bad for me. i got to come up with twice as much stuff in half the time. Yeah, I was supposed to put one out last week, and that didn't happen because the servers were down, so now I'm paying the price. But we will have a show on Thursday as well, so tune in for that one. And, uh, well, thanks overall for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing. If you're brand new to this show, please go back and get the back episodes. They're all there for you still. Uh, I don't know how long I'm going to be doing this. I think at some point I'm going to have to take some of these off the feed because the feed will get too big and it'll start uh, it'll start actually taking some stuff off in iTunes. So I'm going to have to do something about that quick. But if you're a new designer, if you're new to this podcast, please go back and get those back episodes as soon as you can and uh, well, catch up with us. There's lots of good stuff. And uh, if you're one of those who's been with me for the long haul, I've gotten a couple of emails lately from people saying that they've been with me since episode number one. Thank you so much. This show definitely wouldn't be what it is without you guys supporting me. And uh, hopefully I'm supporting you as well. So thank you for that. And well, just remember, everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's
This is what you'll never get. This is what you'll never get. <laughs>